from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. The best season is upon us. Christmas? Clay Court. Oh. But Sorry, is it a tennis podcast? As you, oh, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> you know what? That's your passive-aggressive way of saying <laughs> I don't introduce the podcast properly. It's boring. Who introduces the show? Why would you? <laughs> Guilty as you. I get... <laughs> Listen, I'm passionate about what we're doing here, and I just got to I gotta get right into it. What's like the best movies? They have like a 10-minute montage. Then they show you the title of the movie. They got to get you hooked right away. Is there a director that does that more than others? Well, it's always in the James Bond movies. That's what I was thinking for some reason. They always uh-huh. have like a really long scene, and then it goes to the opening sequence. So I am the James Bond <laughs> of podcasting. I'll take it. That's, for, that's a pretty good... Comparison. Um. So, man, you threw me off. Now, what in the world was I talking about? <laughs> Start of the show. We should know. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> oh, the best season. But as you probably, well, the listeners know you don't because you don't pay attention. No. During the pod, but I am such a sucker of the moment. So, my favorite Grand Slam. Is the one that's coming up. I was going to say, yeah, it's your favorite season is whatever season it is. It really is. But yeah. listen, I think that's all right because I just, you just get so hyped up for it. He lives in the moment. Live in the moment. And I appreciate, that's what it is. I have a real appreciation for every aspect of this game. And so the aspect that happens to be right now just holds the most interest for me. Right. Now. I hesitate to say this because we are Americans. No, nay, we are North Americans now, (laughs) sir. Uh, We have, if you listened last week, uh, we uh, did a quick calculation, did some research, and we realized uh, after uh, copious notes and Google searches that the United States of America is part of the North American continent. Yes. So that was new to us. And... (laughs) As such, we are North American tennis fans. So you have that. Now, <laughs> so in any event, because we're North Americans, I may get a little into a little trouble for this, but uh green clay is stupid. Yeah, I've never been a fan, but I've also never been on red clay, so I wouldn't know the difference. Well, here's why it's stupid, all right? First of all, no one likes it. And I, far be it for me to take the word of any European, all right? But if no one plays in a tournament because green clay is stupid, then that tournament and green clay are stupid. Right. So you wonder why Americans have won Houston 857 <laughs> times in a row. It's because... They, no one cares. I was going to say, they, they have about 65% of the draw, typically. Or more. Yeah. Probably more. All the seated players, usually. Yeah. Uh, so, it's not like all of a sudden, 
the really good clay court Americans come out of the woodwork. I remember that year Juan Monaco played, and I was like, what is he doing there? Like, that's totally not his. Like, <laughs> why would he come play on American clay? So what we're getting at is is that we're not going to talk much about any green clay tournaments. Is that wrong of us? Are we shirking our duties? No, because like you said, if if the top players don't care about it, then why should we? And for that reason, is it actually part of the clay court season? No, and, and for people that don't realize, there is more difference than just the color. You're obviously no. insinuating. I thought that was it. Because <laughs> like when Madrid turned to blue, everybody made such a big deal, and I'm like, I didn't understand the hoopla over that. I'm like, it was still the same. It was just blue. But people got up in arms over that. Well, we're not complaining that it's green color. We're complaining about the consistency and the way the ball bounces and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely a different consistency. And and again, I started on my career on green clay. So you should be biased in favor of green clay. To be fair, in and of itself, <laughs> I have no problem with green clay. Right. I just hesitate to even talk about green clay tournaments because no one in the world... First of all, nobody respects American tennis. Which <laughs> nor should they. <laughs> well, now, Currently, but I mean yeah. generally, nobody respects American tennis, which dumbfounds me. Because <laughs> we have had periods of time, multiple times in a row, decade after decade after decade of having arguably the greatest and or some of the greatest tennis players of all time. Right. Not now, <laughs> but, but periods of time throughout history, we have had arguably greatest evers in their era, greatest evers all time. And so f- to not respect our tennis is just, it's just European. That's all. It's very <laughs> well, European of them. I would say though, there haven't been that many times in history where we've had the best clay court players. You know, we've had Americans that have won uh-huh. Grand Slams and all that, but I think that's the one place they always have an Google's edge Google's not us. American? And that's why I hated every year. When what? ESPN, no Americans in the third round. Oh, this is oh, a headline. Yeah. I'm like, that's not a headline. What happens every year? I thought you were about to say you hate Google. We were going to have to end this <laughs> podcast. No, I love it. I wish he was American. Um, but yeah, that, I would that would hate that every year. Oh, the American, he's the last American in the tournament. It's like, okay, well, that happens every year. So that's not a story. If yeah. the American goes deep, that's a story. If you if you you're an announcer and you are saying the words, "This is the last American in the draw," and it's in the first round, <laughs> then it's probably not a story. We were literally having to celebrate Americans in the third round, and still we would celebrate that this year. Um, and so that to me, that's not oh, a I'd story. take that all day. Right, I would take that all day. <laughs> But I just, that would be so annoying to me that that was the headline. It's like, I guess the early round of the tournament, you don't have that much else to talk about, but I always hated that. Yes. It's like, gee, who would have thought that people who don't play on clay any other time of the year don't do well in a clay court grand slam? Like how shocking. Why, why is that a surprise or a news story? Well, and guess what? They tried to bastardize the surfaces uh, to the point where somebody would stop hitting the mic. <laughs> pardon me. I'm going to wake y'all up. Pardon me. My ear is bleeding. I apologize. Wake you slash your audience up. Well, you were sick last week. I don't know what your excuse is this week. Um, yeah. I, I, and I you did know. You did hit the mic last week too, by the way. But I don't think anybody heard it. See? Because nobody's listening. But <laughs> So anyway, uh, so Green Clay... Nobody cares. Am I right? 
Uh, definitely. All right. And they don't care. I don't care only because, professionally speaking, professional tennis, I don't care because nobody makes a big deal about it. Which is almost why we shouldn't care about Miami because it doesn't matter. But right. downside is the players do make a big deal out of it. Well, and it's still a thousand points. Like Yeah, that's true. The points make it matter no matter what. Right. Whereas there is no green clay tournament. That may not even be a five hundred. Yeah, I think the prize money for Houston is like forty five dollars <laughs> and a Taco Cabana gift card. So hey, I want to sign up. <laughs> Taco Cabana right now, and I'll, I'm I'm with you. A free endorsement. Sponsor the show. Hey, so last week we we tried to get Prince on board. Let's That's get right. Taco Cabana on board yeah, this time. Yeah, I'm much more in favor of that. I mean, what better pre match, post match meal than Taco Cabana? And one of the most underrated breakfast stops for Ooh, fast food. Nice. <laughs> now, I don't know where Taco Cabana goes. You know how far outside right. of? I don't either. Good question. You know the the Southwest or the West or whatever. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I think you're. If you don't have one, you're missing out. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> now, what that has to do with tennis, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we've gone astray again. Typical. What the? What was I talking about, man? Houston and how little oh, they got yeah. you get for winning. Yeah, I think it's a two fifty. Well, I would venture to say in the history of the Houston tournament that the winner has never gone on to win the Australia. I mean, the French Open. I think I'm pretty safe in betting that. By the way, I don't know. I didn't get any tweets about it yet. I don't think I did. But I just thought about this when we were talking about Guga. Gustave Quirten, if you didn't know. <laughs> Three straight French Opens. And the originator of the large heart on the court, <laughs> which I wanted to punch my TV when Dum uh, Dum Djokovic asked permission to do it. I said, Ugh. no, just stick with your dumb heart chess thing. Yeah. That's the only reason I don't, I don't want him to feel, fulfill my promise of the Djokovic <laughs> slam is because I have to see that, you know, 21 more times. Yeah. All right, again, I digress. <laughs> what in the world were we talking about? I got to focus. This is ridiculous. Um, Guga. Yes, this made me think of that. So last week I mentioned how I, I just, it was one line in passing, I think. I said that the the difference, you know, the separation in terms of level based on surface for the women is is smaller than it is on the men. Right. And what made me think about that is Guga, and all throughout the history you know my history of watching tennis um we've had clay court specialists i mean even guys that didn't ever win the french you had guys like tomas muster right now he played a thousand matches all the time but still he was definitely you know um all the all the south american players that you know like we've discussed before just kind of come out of the woodwork during clay court season um, and then, you know, crush the rankings for a while and then dip once we get to grass. Well, and the less knowledgeable tennis people are going to say, well, that doesn't happen anymore because Federer and Djokovic and are so amazing on every surface. And the real reason is... Hashtag weakest era. <laughs> well, that, but I was going to say that there isn't as much difference in the surfaces there used to be. Uh, True. And so I miss those days... I, I do understand why as an entity, meaning the ATP or ITF, you wouldn't want random guys coming in for two months and dominating and then never seeing them again the rest of the year. doesn't really help you build your, your sport, but I think it's crazy how we don't see that anywhere. Like you don't, there's like two or three now that do it and that's it. It's right. crazy to me. 
I mean, maybe Albert Ramos Vignolas or Correno Busto, although he made the semis of the U.S. Open. But it's guys like that. Uh, Chechenato last year. It's just, uh, it's so few and far between now to get somebody like that. Remember we had Gaudio Coria in a final. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we had Puerta. I mean, there were so many crazy guys that you never saw. Even even outside of that year, you didn't see them. Right. Um, well, but you definitely had staples that were clay quarters, dirt ballers. As right. They, and that's an affectionate term, by the way. Yeah, Costa. So, um, but yeah, I mean... Again, I go back to the idea that, man, I just wish grass would be like ice and, you know, playing on clay would be like playing on clay. Well, that's yet another reason that these guys are able to pile up these slams now. I mean, you couldn't, you had to play. They don't How does have, Nadal win Wimbledon? How yeah. Against anyone. <laughs> Who hits a ball, he hits a ball that bounces higher than everybody else, which should be perfect height at Wimbledon every shot. Right. But yeah, I mean... They don't even have to change their style when they change to, surfaces. To pick up a low ball with that grip is not easy. Yeah. Well, it is if the grass <laughs> is no different. Than, and again, you hear things. It's not like I'm feeding balls and measuring the, the height of the ball on Wimbledon. <laughs> what did they call that? What were the Tennis Channel came with a term for that. What? It was like ball bounce index or oh. bounce height index or something they came uh-huh. up with. But like, but the point being is, you just hear things. So I'm assuming it's true from all the you know, like the BG tennis nations of the world. But if Federer won Wimbledon by serving volley in, and then he played the French and won by base hundred, that I would be fine with. He can literally play the same style no matter what the surface, right? And he still wins, as does Nadal. And that's not because they're well, it, it is and isn't, but it's because the surface allows him to do that. His style is more universal than Nadal's for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah. But yeah, it doesn't... Well, and we'll see if it's how universal it is nowadays. He hasn't done it for a while. Right. I don't know that his short points are going to work anymore. All right, so here's what we have coming up this week. Houston, and hit, and get this, Fayez, Serafim, and company. That's the title sponsor. <laughs> yeah, they've been the sponsors for a while. Um, Which, by the way, the only way that tournament sounded important was when it was called just the U.S. Clay Court Championships. And yeah. now they've got... Like although, that sounds like an important tournament. Although it sounded like the you know men's four or five, <laughs> it did, yeah, you know, uh-huh. championship. <laughs> um, USTA clay court championships. There it is. So total prize money five fifty. A little bit over that five fifty seven. First is probably what one fifty or something. Nah, who cares? <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if they don't care about it, I mean, then who cares about it? I mean, who you know, Isner. It will usually catch my interest for a day when it's on because it's always Americans who I'm obviously more familiar with. Um, a couple of Americans they haven't heard of usually do well, but it's always Isner in the semis of the finals. <laughs> so we got we got Houston and we have Morocco, and not I wouldn't even call them warm ups. I mean they're both two fifties, and one's on green clay, and then Marrakesh is on, I guess what you would call normal clay. I don't know. <laughs> But and I can already tell you I'm more excited about that because Felix is supposed to play that. So that already has more of my interest than uh, Houston. So, but those aside, then it starts out how it should start out. What I'm calling the French Open series because that's what we should be doing. Right. Then you got Monte Carlo. Which is a Masters. And as I've called the clay court season, I've called it sexy. <laughs> I've called it glamorous. What else have I called it? Beautiful. Hot. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, I mean, you just go to the... Romantic. Romantic, yes. So do we have to hold hands and sit next to <laughs> the next broadcast? 
We've uh, already been doing that, but I didn't know it was <laughs> we supposed, to be public. supposed to Yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's right. Well, there is because we're both married. You always love the court at Monte Carlo and... I don't know why that doesn't matter to me. I just, the Azure, well, if I was a fan watching it and it was a crappy match, at least I get to see the Azure blue <laughs> of the Mediterranean Sea. That's right. And all the. But to me, and again, I'm I love tennis more than anything. Everybody, calm down, loser. But if I'm in a place that looks like that, do I want to sit and watch tennis match with fairly unknown players? Well, uh, listen, Monte Carlo's bigger names, but yeah, still. Yeah. But again, we talked about this with golf. The benefit of golf is that every course is beautiful and different and that's actually the appealing part and the drive to go play different golf courses is because you get to experience an entirely almost entirely different game i mean me no matter where i'm playing i'm experiencing the same game right and that's shanking balls and digging into <laughs> the dirt four feet <laughs> too early and you know i don't throw clubs though which is good <laughs> uh but tennis you could literally play a hardcore tournament you could go down to miami and play the first tournament of the season all the way through the u.s open every hardcore tournament on one court right and what would be the difference but as a fan as an experience as a as a venue for attracting players for attracting i mean if there was a if you had two masters at the same time which they don't do thankfully <laughs> if you had two surprisingly ma- yeah if you had two masters at the same time, one was in Monte Carlo and one was in, you know, Hoboken. How, how did dare Ho- you? How did Hoboken get a masters? <laughs> then obviously all the top players are going to be in Hoboken. I mean, in uh, Monte Carlo and Jack Sock will be by himself in Hoboken winning a masters. That's right. Is that how he got to eight in the world? <laughs> I think he was one of the only players left. That I year. think he's undefeated at the Hoboken masters. <laughs> Well, and obviously part of the way they sell tickets in tournaments. I have nothing against Hoboken. That's no, about to say. Okay, Thank sorry. You. Carry on. Uh, is getting people to travel there and you know spectate the tournaments. So obviously, the more exotic or the better locations they're in, the more people are coming to see them in person. Nobody's going out of their way to travel to uh, Dynamite Drop-In. <laughs> broadcast school's really paying off. <laughs> That's another drop I don't have because I still haven't. A week later, I haven't figured out. <laughs> oh, editing. old school. Editing is just not whatever. So anyway, so yeah, so so Monte Carlo is coming up next week. So I think we'll we'll. My plan was this: I was going to forego tennis talk as as it relates to players and matches and tournaments, right? Because we got nothing. But I do have something. Uh oh. Uh oh's right. <laughs> so the uh oh that I have, I have two. I have two two things just generally to talk about. Uh, one has to do with equal prize money, which is a topic that just keeps getting revitalized, or only or, by me. <laughs> and the other is, can the ATP and WTA tour return to sanity? by bringing back the bottom half of professional tennis. And we will talk about both of those things when we come back. It's 
time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. Now I hit the mic. This is ridiculous. <laughs> that was a, a start with a bang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally. Unbelievable. So, again, equal prize money. We've said this. I say again because we've talked about equal prize money um, over the year, over the, yeah, years, I guess. Um, in our, you know, perfect world sort of thing is if they could somehow in real time maybe the tournament director's sitting there with a giant pile of three million dollars <laughs> in cash. I thought you were gonna say an abacus or no in cash watching. He's got the entire prize or she has the entire prize money in one giant room. Hopefully with a, like a lock. <laughs> And as the numbers come in for the ratings on TV, the attendance, the, you know, whatever, whatever factors they look at for popularity and then hand out the money in real time as the, that data comes in, then that would make sense from the standpoint of equal prize money based on popularity. And by the way, from a very logical perspective, that would give every player incentive to market their own you know sport which right now they can yeah. sort of leave that to everybody else yeah but if they were financially you know impacted by how many people came they would have a bigger interest in getting people to come and to be fair look i i, I think you're exactly right in the from the standpoint of best you know possible scenario but you know best of all worlds and the reason i say that is because i think everybody in america in particular has sort of a duty to be an ambassador for the game because this game's so low on the totem pole, cultural appropriation. Uh, <laughs> of you know, I mean, there's so many sports and games and you know things ahead of tennis in the U.S. that you and I, it's almost a foregone conclusion that we're selling this game, so to speak. I mean, to be honest with you, that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, but one of the reasons for this podcast is uh, you know having a voice out there for tennis. Because now there's obviously other podcasts. They're not good, <laughs> but there's other podcasts. And so there's, the, but the fact that tennis is never covered on Sports Center, right. it's very rarely on TV. On, you know, major. It's only on Sports Center when the match itself was on ESPN because then it's sort of self promotion. Well, yeah. That's that. about the only time. Right. And so, so yeah. So the players should do that. But I, you know, but the other, the other side of that is they're busy. Come on. Well, and, I have no problem, and maybe you're going to try to prove me wrong, yep. but with the combined events, combined meaning men's and women's events, being equal prize money, because... You can't separate. If there was fewer... If there wasn't men in a tournament, it's going to be smaller. If there wasn't women in a tournament, it's going to be smaller. So they benefit from having each other. Now, who benefits more than the other? That's up for debate, but I think that you're just basically giving let's say you made it 50% for the women or 40% for the women and 60% for the men it just sets the sets the bar in motion for the women to say okay we'll just do our own event next year and that would not happen probably so, but 
All it's right. not worth it. Listen, so I, first of all, men's and women's tennis is separate. Right. They're two separate companies. The difference is, you know, the Steelers can't play at the same time as, you know, uh, FC Dallas in the same place like tennis can. Right. So you know, that's two Where different fans sports. Can just walk back and forth. FC Dallas happen. obviously is the MLS professional MLS, and the Steelers are NFL. You know, so those are two separate sports, and nobody even blinks an eye when you say that. But it's a little more convoluted because, as you said, it's there's mixed events where you're playing at the same venue at the same time and back to back on the same court. Right. Um, and you're that, buying tickets for whatever right. matches are on that court you paid for. And I think if you were to, man, this is going to get me in trouble. If you were to say, all right, we are only going to have men's tennis and we're only going to have women's tennis tournaments at venues. If you want to you know, have the same venue, that's fine. Indian Wells is a fantastic you know, tennis town and the tournament's great and all the rest of it. No problem. Right. We'll do them separate weeks. Yeah. Miami, we'll do them separate weeks. U.S. Open, we'll do it separate weeks. Alternate who's first, who's last, whatever. Right. right? Right. So if you did that, who do you think would come out on top? If that happened this I'm year. i you in trouble. That's why I turned all that around by asking you that <laughs> question. No, if just over the next whatever couple years, they ironed all that out, got the schedules to where they were somewhat echo. It's impossible to be yeah. exactly the same, but fairly equitable in terms of better weeks for this or that right. schools out and so i think the men's would be bigger i have no problem saying you that son of <laughs> i agree with so you. glad you don't have your clips this week i yeah exactly. <laughs> i still i gotta figure out how to golly i need to learn how to edit better so i do too but i think your point is exactly right and dead on having women adds to the strength of the men as well so we are better together. Yeah, to use a political nonsensical phrase. That yeah, it, it ultimately having more depth in terms of not depth in terms of level, but depth in terms of different things to watch, different you know kind of avenues to view tennis in um, does help overall. So men by themselves would be sixty percent, let's say, of the share. Like if it. Not what we give them, but what what they brought in, let's right, say. Right. Men would be 60, women would be 40, but together, which equals 100%, but together, they're more like 120. Right. It, I mean, you can't have 120% of something, but you know what I'm saying. It's like they're both So raised. if they did it separately, they'd both make less. So why don't we do the entire thing together? Why don't we combine them? Because I'll tell you this, if we did separate them, I think the men would do better and- I, I think it may hurt the women's game so bad that it it would be it would drop down a tier because right now to me men's and women's tennis in terms of now validity is the wrong word but like I don't know the word I don't you you're an <laughs> English major I don't know words but Cred, not credibility yeah that, not that either but basically it's, put it this way the difference between WNBA and NBA is so stark. That if anybody says anything, they're lying. Right. We're the closest of all the sports, men golf, and women, for maybe sure. Maybe golf. Yeah, golf is similar. I mean, you have the distance issue with golf, but you but know. But if you sold 25,000 tickets to an NBA game, 
to both. If you had got a double header, there'd be 5,000 people left for the WNBA. Right. If you did the men first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one example is that is what's the biggest sport in Canada? Hockey. Curling. <laughs> no, you're right. Ice fishing. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they uh, do women's hockey there. They do. But not anymore. Really? Well, of course, women can play hockey. They didn't ban <laughs> women from playing hockey. Well, there's an ESPN article by Emily Kaplan. Don't know who that is. It's on ESPN.com something something. I don't know. Africa.ESPN.com. <laughs> really, that's what it says. Hmm. Uh, but it's the website's ESPN. Canadian Women's Hockey League to fold in May. Okay. CWHL. Don't even know what that means. Because I don't know they what level separate. it is. And, and well, yeah, they have to be separate. Like basketball, it's a whole right. – se- it doesn't work like tennis where, you know. So, yeah, so they're basically – they had six franchises, uh, one of which is in China, which makes no sense. Um, oh, I guess they expanded to China to try to help them make – yeah. that was like a desperation move in 2017. God, the players had to hate that. Yeah, that would be awful. Although, I mean, listen – you build enough time, you get to go see a part of the world you've never seen. So it's founded in, in 2007 by the players and members of the community, and the league's mandate was to grow the sport of women's hockey. Um, and obviously, interest, to grow it financially, there's got to be interest, and clearly there has not been. And I don't think the NHL which is obviously an American league, but everyone that plays in is Canadian virtually. And there's several Canadian teams also, obviously. Um, I don't think they have any, you know, culpability in, in not supporting a women's hockey league, just like the NBA shouldn't have to support the WNBA. But at the very beginning, I think they 100% of their support came from the NBA. Right. And that may have changed over time. Maybe it's grown. I don't know what the financials of the WNBA look like, but those leagues are connected. Yeah. They're part of each other, I believe. But so you look at tennis, and I think that's really, you know, the idea behind, you know, to... (sighs) Well, I think that's the only reason, like your theory about making them combine at all times... I think they they like to keep it separate to make those events seem bigger when they are combined. Well, no. Here's what: it, if you're not going to come, if you, I'm my question. I wonder if the people that advocate equal prize money, all right, I wonder where they would be on the idea of completely bring them together. Those right. those leagues. I wonder where they would be. What do you mean by bring them together? Where they always play at the same venue and same week? Yeah, yeah. Where it's it's like one league. Right. It's not separate. Now, yeah. obviously, the men aren't going to play each other. Although that's a whole other issue. Don't get me started. But <laughs> you mean the men and women are going to play each other? Men, yeah, yeah, yeah. Men and women are going to play each other. But but so to me, if you're not willing to say, yeah, we'll go all in and combine them completely, and there's no more ATP and WTA, it's you know world professional tennis, and you have men's and women's, yeah, and w- it's all WPTA or whatever, or whatever. Uh, if you're not willing to do that, it seems to me probably the only reason somebody wouldn't be is because they know the reality is that they wouldn't be able to stand on their own 
as well. But that would equalize prize money completely. Right. But they don't want to go all in and say, yeah, let's just let's just bail and never have any tournaments together. The yeah, men they don't want to need, negotiate their own TV deal and all, you know. The men don't need the women. I think the women, I don't think the women need the men. But I think the women benefit way more from the men than vice versa. Right. I think that's... Uh, and I think it go, obviously it goes in cycles. I mean, no, year to year. And it goes in cycles, I think, small <laughs> cycles. Right, the percentages change. I think it goes in very small cycles. I don't think it varies as much, you know, and as again... Would say. And again, I don't think you can... Obviously, it's impossible to sort of hash all this out you know because you don't have numbers i mean on the easy way that we don't do any research but you could just take the five biggest <laughs> men's tournaments and the five biggest women's tournaments and see how much they bring in and you know it's got to be i would think pretty high advantage to the men and if i'm wrong i'm wrong somebody please do that research and tell us <laughs> well we're not gonna I, I don't know how you're smart enough to know how i don't but i'll tell you that my guess is you're right the, the 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 men would come out on top. Now, why do I say this? Do I, am I did I bring all this up because I hate women? Don't answer. No, that. that's not why. You, I mean, you would assume that's not why. Right. I think you know me well enough to know. No, the only reason is because I'm tired of pretending. I don't pretend, but I'm tired of people pretending. It's just absurd. Just let it go. It's okay. I completely not that anybody needs me to. Don't get me wrong. Nobody needs me to validate anything, but. From the standpoint of anybody hearing this conversation and wondering where I stand, I completely validate 100% professional women's tennis. I don't want it to not be here. Uh, I don't want it to be completely separate from the men. I, I don't want it to... Uh, you know, be a second tier event, right. and you know, and if there are scheduling, you know, if, if tournaments sort of do that, you know, kind of, you know, underhanded, kind, you know, like putting women on like at you know four in the morning or what, you know, whatever they, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what everybody's accusing me of doing. Yeah, all that stuff when there's joint events and all that, I don't like any of that. If you put me in charge of every tournament and said here which courts and what players are going where right it would be outside of you know me not paying attention and forgetting something not you know outside of that i w- it would be almost 100% perfect from the standpoint of equality but i don't mean equality of women versus men i mean equality of the best matches the most intriguing right. the most the best matches would be on the court. Yeah, and I think that that's always what tournament directors are trying to do because their goal it's not. is to get the. Well, I don't. No, I agree with some of. The, I agree with Mary Joe and some of these other folks that that bitch about you know how the women's matches kind of get hosed sometimes. Oh, I do too. I'm saying that's what it sh- there should be. There. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, remember it was it wasn't until recently they just started putting. Women's matches second in prime time at the Open. That only happened two or three years ago. They were always it was always the women played first, and the, then the right. feature match was the men's after. And that was something that just recently changed. But here's the point: is that it's just it's 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 just tiresome. It's just tiresome for me to play the game of yes, 
There's no difference between men's tennis and women's tennis. There's no difference in in the popularity. There's no difference right. in and here's why. Because, and if you don't if you don't say that, then you're a sexist. Well, not only that, yeah, yeah, exactly. But here's what it really boils down to, though. Is that the crux of the entire matter in terms and I've said this and I, I will stand by it. There's no way to prove it, so you can't I can't be wrong. <laughs> the crux of all of this comes from one fact. The fact that the popularity of it is solely based on the best human player on the planet is a man. The second best is a man. The third, the fourth, the fifth, the How low do you get until the number one player in the world is ranked right. in, the, in the hierarchy of human tennis? A long way. But I'm, I'm going to ask a totally serious no, question God. here. What do you think is more popular to watch? Women's beach volleyball or men's beach volleyball? You're the worst human being ever <laughs> But I'm serious. So I don't think you can just say because men are better at tennis, more people are interested in that. Like there's other reasons people are watching besides just who's the best. I mean, like March Madness is probably getting way higher ratings in NBA right now. Well, all the NBA players would crush all those NCAA March Madness players. Fair. That is a fantastic... I thought that was a dumb question. I should have saved that one for instead of using the beach volleyball. I really thought, <laughs> yes, you should have. Well, no, no, no. But I think now that you said that, that makes your beach volleyball question not dumb. You should have said, you should have said that first. Yeah. That's true. Now. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying that no, can't no, no. be the sole reason. No, that, but you know what? That actually is a fantastic point. And it's a fantastic point from the standpoint of making me maybe change up my mind a little bit. Because that's never happened in the history of the podcast. Always happens. I'm not afraid <laughs> to change my mind. So that's a wonderful point. Man, I wish we we sure should prep. But that still doesn't we mean We should that more, really prep our show. <laughs> that still doesn't mean that more people watch women's tennis than men's. No, you're wrong. I think they might now. I mean, all right, first of all, let me just throw this out there because of your stupid beach volleyball question. <laughs> So, are you saying that the physical attractiveness of the women are part of the reason women's part of the reason tennis is popular? Okay. What is your value judgment on that? No, no, no. This is not answering that. What's your value judgment on that question? Well, I think it depends on the, the viewer, obviously, but I think that there's way more people watching. Is it right or wrong? Oh, I'm just going to say I think there's way more people watching women's tennis for the attractiveness on the players than watching men's tennis for the attractiveness of the players. <laughs> well, there's also more men watching women's tennis for that reason <laughs> than women watching women's tennis right. for that reason or women watching men's tennis for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Except for one of our former guests who is basically going to uh, hang around outside <laughs> Djokovic's <laughs> villa until he gets divorced. Um, but that's a separate issue. But it's okay for her to fawn over a male tennis player, but I can't right. fawn over Kornikova or whoever. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know. That yeah, she had be. a recent uh, picture come out. Oh, did she? Yes. Oh, Lordy. Pardon me, we got to step ba- away from the podcast. Baby number me. three or four or something, oh, gotcha. and, but you can't tell. So, that's, no, 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 but looks aside, I mean, that is a reason. 
Yeah. As part of the multitude of reasons. And I got news for you. That can also be a reason on the men's side. I mean, here's put it this way. Is it sexist to want to watch women? So do I hate women? Am I a misogynist watching women's tennis partly for their physical beauty? No, I don't. I hope not. <laughs> well, I, I guess I don't think so. I wouldn't think so either. And here's my proof. Do you think that gay men watch men's tennis? Do you think they hate men when they watch it partly for the fact that there's attractive men? No, I don't think so. I mean, obviously everything can be, the you know, all of it could be true as well. Right. But generally speaking, it doesn't have to be. That's my point. Well, so, I have no problem ratting out some women that I teach that I do get texts when a certain certain guys are playing. And, oh, me? Is and, it me? Is it me? <laughs> and they will tell me, oh, so-and-so's playing right now, you know, and he's so hot or whatever. And so we're not the only ones doing that. Although I think it's dramatically more prevalent on the men's definitely, side. Definitely, definitely. So, but see, no, I, without sounding like a, an idiot, I don't want to sound like an a-hole here. Um, man, we should prep. We should really, because we <laughs> nah, can really. it's overrated. That's a good point. But right. the only way you're ever going to prove it is, is doing what you said. Separate completely. And outside of the eyeball test, too, of just looking at the stands when certain matches are going on. But then, like you said, is oh, they got the better time slot or they got the better, the, you know. And they might. That's and always. And I do think that's a valid concern yeah. for those with interest in women's tennis. But again, here's what it is. And, and, and it sounds a lot like, you know, the old poor, you know, cisgender white male stuff. That's not what it is. It's really not. It's it's disparaging the game generally whether you mean to or not, even if you're disparaging part of the game. Um, nobody's sex is because the ATP has higher prize money tournaments during certain weeks. Because guess what? The women do on the other side. They're totally separate. Right. And the pro- this problem only happens because we are interconnected as a sport. That's it. The only reason these arguments are made is because we're not 100% separate. And to me it almost be worth separating completely for you know 5 or 6 years to clear out all that nonsense to clear out those arguments so we can just move on and say hey maybe there's some ter- tournament directors that are idiots maybe there's some you know sponsor people that get involved that have a little too much say in how things are run that cause these issues but by and large our sport is not an issue well, and I think there, the other potential solution is you could say, okay, it's Just equal prize money. I'm done. <laughs> it's equal prize money. The winner of the tournament gets $2 million each. But then we're going to add on a percentage based on the ratings of your the semis and the finals or whatever. And then make it a percentage bay. And if your match had 10 million views and the other, I mean, that kind of that kind of screws over a player that's not as well known, maybe, but that's to me the only way you could do it like you said you'd have to have a base minimum in there you couldn't say well it was panetta versus versus uh why can i remember her name the girl who beat serena in the semis and made the final against panetta yeah yeah, starts the v but yeah those two obviously that was very low rated final well that's not their fault that they don't have the following and so i don't know that i want to punish them for that but at the same time the tournament got punished everybody else made less money so why shouldn't they if that's you know if it's all merit, well, merit, merit the, based, theoretically, the tournament made le- right, right. That wasn't a popular outcome, exactly. Um, but I'm still intrigued about your idea of 
you know, talking about the women's volleyball situation, that there are lots of other reasons. And you know what? The people that complain about the equal prize money would also complain about that statement and say that we shouldn't be watching for that reason. And I'm like, well, that's the most ridiculous thing anybody's ever thought of. Well, and I will not watch men's beach volleyball, but if I see women in bikinis playing beach volleyball, that is interesting to me. And I'm amazed by how good they are too, but part of it is that they're in bikinis and they're all attractive and amazingly good shape. Right. Well, here's the thing. We are certainly okay as a sport with quote-unquote casual fans, and the argument is one... Nicholas Aloysius Kyrios. <laughs> By the way, have you noticed that over the last... That's my go-to middle name. Yes. I don't know anybody's middle name. The most common middle name in the world. In in Australia. Anyway, <laughs> is Aloysius. Yes. Um, what's the difference between his idiotic behavior, which many would say is an affront to tennis, but he's going to bring the casual fan... Right. ...to... You watching because, you know, Sharapova used to be hot. <laughs> that statement is going to get me in more trouble than anything we've said on this podcast. Because that's one thing you can't say is somebody's not hot anymore. Right. Um, or whoever. Who's the smoking is hot player right now? Well, there's always Bouchard. Bouchard, and, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, Wozniacki. So, what's the difference between... Watching Kyrios as a casual fan and his antics bringing eyeballs to the screen versus Bouchard being highly attractive. He's not, she's going to win a Grand Slam before he will, and she's already been closer. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's why I just think that you have to say that each game brings value. And, but I have, I would have no problem if they combine everything right now. That, that wouldn't bother me at all. Me either. Um, and make it a lot easier to follow, honestly. But um, if you do that, then you'd have to do equal prize money across the board, I guess. Yeah, which I don't care about. Yeah. I honestly don't care about. It. I really have no problem. the The thing is, is that again, it all boils down to the fact that don't come at me about equal prize money as if there's no chance. There's no chance men's tennis could be more popular. Well, yeah, and I, I don't understand why that's always, like you never hear about that in, you heard a little bit in soccer, but it wasn't that they weren't equal, it was that the men were so much more than the women. It wasn't that the men were 60% of the women. Well, they not were only like that, 10 it times. the men have no chance to right. win a World Cup ever. Yeah. And the women are one of the top five teams in the in the world annually. But I never hear about this in golf, and there's a women's tournament and a men's tournament every week. Right. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand why it's just in tennis. I don't follow golf, so it could be the case. Well, there's no way it's equal in golf. Right, yeah. But, but I just can't figure out why it's always tennis that Because we're that. so connected. Yeah. We, that's why, because we overlap. And so somehow, even though there's an entirely different thing called the WTA, an entirely different thing called the uh, WTA, ATP, they still connect us. And the reason is, is because the ITF. The Grand Slams, that's why. Because they are the same entity at that point in time. Well, and, and people joke about this, people using this reasoning, but to me it is a valid reason that the men have to play three out of five. To me that is a valid reason. Because it, you can fit three men's matches on a court and you can probably only fit, you could probably fit four women's. You know, so on the stadium courts, you're seeing way more men's tennis than you are women's. 
Um, the only reason... Just because of length of matches. The only reason I will call that answer out or that logic out is because that's only... That's a fake, that's a fake reason. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I said people say it's fake, but I mean... It's, it might be true, but nobody believes that. That Put it this way. The genesis of unequal prize money has nothing to do with that. Oh, if that and if that's your main reason, that, that, that should be very low on your list of reasons. If that's your top reason, then don't bother mentioning it. But I mean, let's say Mimbledon Center Court. If you've got two men's matches and two women's matches on the same day, those men's matches are going to be six, seven hours. The women's matches are going to be three or four. I mean, that's a big difference yeah. in what you paid for. Hey. Equal pay for equal work. <laughs> but th- that's... the Doesn't know, work in reverse, does it? <laughs> so that's the only thing. And then if the women will say, well, fine, we'll play three out of five. What a disaster that would be. <laughs> that's always the counter argument. Well, we didn't decide to play three out of five. That was you guys. Do you want to kill women's tennis? Have them do that. <laughs> that would be horrendous. I'm sorry. That would be horrendous. It would probably be hard to watch. Well, by the, th- by the fourth set, it would be... Uh, impossible to watch. <laughs> yeah, I I just think it's an... I'm fine with the way it is now, equal. I would be fine if it wasn't equal. You know, I just am tired of hearing about it, like you said. And here's the thing. I don't know if we're actually hearing about it. Or it's the fault of me for having Twitter. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. Because most of the time it, is uh, that I, it, it even, you know, I even think about it is when I have tw- when I see it on Twitter, but to be fair to myself, which I always want to do, when I hear about it on Twitter, a lot of times it's by real folks on Twitter, like famous people, right. not just Billie Jean King, although well, to, she's a big one. Well, to me, the most egregious. You remember last year? I think it was last year when that Kevin Spacey movie he got in trouble and they had to redo the movie. And they brought back Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams to film the scenes with the new the new actor. And it came out, big story later, that came out they paid Mark Wahlberg like $2 million and they paid Michelle Williams like 50000 But nobody's heard of Michelle Williams. Like, nobody's going to see that from Michelle Williams. Like, it was, that wasn't a male-female issue. That was the fact that Mark Wahlberg was the star of the movie. It, whether he was in the plot or not, he was by, in, by name. Michelle Williams has never headlined her own movie. Mark Wahlberg has done 20. And probably for the fact that he had probably 50 other commitments that he had to forego because he's a star. Yeah, and if you want to say the top 10 women don't get paid as much as the top 10 men, that's a valid issue, but you can't say that that particular they should have gotten paid the same amount for coming back. Right. You can't just always come at me with that. They weren't getting paid the same amount for the movie to begin with, I'm sure. Right. If they were, I'd be shocked. Or, or if they were, they shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, I mean, Michelle Williams has maybe won an Oscar, but nominated hey, or whatever. But. I'm going to tell you this. I don't know much about Michelle Williams, but I know one thing. She never had a funky bunch. <laughs> exactly. And if you don't know what that means, look it up. I do. You're 12. And yeah, I mean, so like sometimes it's just, it's arguments like that that annoy me. It's just, we've got to be equal. What's not like, like in that instance, it's who's bringing in the most and to that there's no doubt. It just it, it, stuff like that irritates me. Well, I think by the fact that both of us would 100% be fine with completely combining the two tours. And I'm telling you, I'd like to see, I'm going to start asking that question. I'd like to see who wouldn't. And I, what I mean by who is the folks out there 
in the real tennis world, not just, you know, us, nobody knows us, but, you know, the people that are on TV and the, you know, the Billie Jean Kings of the world that are always railing about things like this. Hey, let's, let's see, put your money where your mouth is. Oh, then there'd be a big debate about who's in charge and who's going to make the decisions and that well, would be another issue. Clearly, we won't don't want the WTA people making the decisions. <laughs> they can't get it right now. They got us off American TV. Be in. But what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, no, the WTA wouldn't want to give up their popular tournaments that people care about. ATP doesn't want to give their popular tournaments. I mean, that would be the argument. They're going to make less on those events than they do now, but they're not thinking about how much they're going to make Overall, over the course of the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, is that a dead horse or not? One, <laughs> one other issue that I, I kind of wanted to talk about la- or that I saw last week, um, but I didn't bring up, is so we we had Blair Henley on a while back. Um, we just had her on randomly, but it just happened to be right when the when the uh, the pro tours, both the um, ATP and WTA, basically. Uh, cut the numbers in half on who was pro. So the lowest level tournament that ha- that got ATP points, for instance, or WDA points, for instance, I I was awarded. I don't know how many months ago. Uh, a 15k women's futures, and which, you and I couldn't have been more excited. We were excited, and a matter of fact. I could have applied for men or women, and I applied for women. So you'd have somebody to look at. You creep. <laughs> That's why I was excited. No, uh, no, no, no. I, I picked it because I think I think the popularity of women's tennis. I can sell that, right? And so, fifteen k tournament, and it had WTA points attached. Right. It was a pro women's tournament. And then they announced the change, and I called the USTA Pro Circuit, and I said, "I'm sorry, I you uh, yeah, I'm giving your tournament back. I can't I can't raise twenty five thousand dollars for an adult tournament." Now there might be money involved, but so what? Uh, nobody's nobody knows what ITF points mean. There's, yeah, it's basically an amateur prize money tournament at that point. Yeah, I kind of agree. Right, exactly. It's a weird. They, there was some kind of talk how it, it would translate and certain whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not a WTA affiliated tournament anymore, right. and it's ITF. But it doesn't. It's not like you you get a wild card into the ITF Grand Slam or the ITF Fed Cup. Yeah. So it didn't help us. So. Um, so with that being said, the, the thing that I wanted to bring up last week was, um, tennis Europe. I don't know if you've heard of either tennis or Europe, (laughs) but apparently they have a thing. Uh, they issued a statement or sent a letter, uh, to, um, to address this. And so I'll read the letters, uh, 30th of March, 2019. So, uh, last Saturday, um, the Tennis Europe member nations, which I'm assuming is countries in Europe, uh, present at its annual general, general meeting in, Mal- in Malta, not bad, <laughs> were unanimous, unanimous in the view that the current pathway between the ITF World Tennis Tour and the ATP Tour ranking system is failing the players and federations that we exist to support. We urge the ATP to re- to consider the immediate reinstatement of ranking points for lower-level tournaments. Europe has more events and more players than any other region. How dare you? We were going to have one in Dallas. <laughs> and we strongly believe that players competing in entry-level tournaments 
should be fairly rewarded for their efforts. The current situation leaves a significant number, like half, a number of players disenfranchised, that's a bit strong, and demotivated for sure to the detriment of our sport. Completely agree. We therefore strongly encourage the ATP Tour to reach an agreement with the ITF that ensures national federations can continue to focus on the tasks of developing the sport and on providing a coherent pathway for players wishing to transition to the professional circuit. I don't think a truer statement could have been made. And if they, for well, it was only to the ATP, but I'm assuming there's a letter out there somewhere to the WTA as well. Right. Um, although it's slightly different. I don't know exactly what the differences are, but they, they did the same to the women. And the bottom line is, you're making the bar to entry so high that you are missing players that would could and would have eventually made it. Yeah, because it's already extremely difficult. Um, so why are you making it more difficult? The problem wasn't that it was too easy. <laughs> the problem was that it was too difficult and you made it more difficult. It's not too di- It wasn't too difficult. It well, should yeah, be difficult. Too difficult to make a living, I mean. But here's what you've done. You have if, if raised the bar so high that you've given ultimate power to all the federations and ultimate power. The gatekeepers of the professional tour are now tournament directors, and that should not be the case. Yeah, The tournament directors should be just like, basically, here's what a tournament director should be. They should be like whoever owns the stadium the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Well, it's Jerry Jones. He's an idiot. But he, <laughs> he owns the Cowboys Stadium. And he manages it, makes sure the grass is cut. There's no grass. It's artificial <laughs> turf. And then the team that plays in it is part of this league. Well, he's also the owner of the team, so this is a terrible example. <laughs> but the point being, you know, is that they are just the shell within the framework that the ATP Tour operates. Right. Because, again... We could just build a 200-court facility with 27 stadiums and run the entire ATP Tour hardcourt season in one venue. Right. And that's it. Yeah. And then we could build a clay court version right next to it and run the entire clay court season and then fly to France for the French Open, and that's it, in one location. So... These venues, while they are important for the you know for the the history and the you know name recognition and and they've built what they've built over the years, they're getting too big for the britches. Yeah, I think the power of the ATP Tour and the power of the WTA Tour should lie mostly in the players' hands. And this entire situation, remove and I don't mean the top three players, right? I mean all the players. And the, and the players that are quote-unquote professional should be so based purely on their ability. And I'm sorry, if you, say, if you were to say, hey, out of all 32 football teams, the only teams that are professional are the ones that are in the playoffs. Right. We're also starting the season in the playoffs. <laughs> That's almost what you've done. You've cut off a whole section of the pro tour and the ladder by which these players climb up the ranks to get to the point where they're 
first of all, financially sustaining themselves, and then ultimately, you know, competing for titles and all the rest of it. And and the Tennis Europe, good for them. Good for them. And I hope they had the same letter for the WTA in as much as the WTA is affected as well. And I think every other federation, including the USTA, should do the same thing. And if they do, I'll go back to the USTA circuit and say, hey, can I have that tournament back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for some reason that it's they've made it seem like a negative for us to have you know 1200 players with a pro ranking or 1500 players with a pro ranking where i don't i don't see how it matters it doesn't because at all. those players are still going to say like if you're if you're worried about people calling themselves pro tennis players well anybody who plays any kind of pro tournament is going to say they're a pro player it doesn't matter just like so i play one snap for the oakland raiders i'm going to say i was a pro football player it doesn't matter it's irrelevant yeah yeah so who cares if they want to put that on their resume or did put you? their rank? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> or put their ranking, you know. No chance you did. <laughs> that's 1,500. Or, I mean, who cares? I don't see why they're trying to dissuade people from that. I don't know. And it's weird. And I don't know where it came from. My guess, and this is just me spitballing here. I'm totally out of left field here. But my guess is it's got some underhanded, you know, some connection to something not good. Well, I was going to say the typical is just somebody new came in and said, well, this is a problem. We need to fix it. And they came up with this idea and just pushed it through. I, my guess is it's worse than that. I, I, My guess is there's corruption or whatever. I don't know. But I don't like it. I don't like it. And hopefully this letter will get some traction and, and maybe they will reconsider very quickly because it's going to have to be quick. Um, whatever they've they've done. So, anyway. well, maybe if when I'm not, I am saying you're a pioneer. But maybe if more people have stepped up and not been as interested in hosting those tournaments that don't have the same, you know, whatever you want to call it, criteria or you know, luster, then maybe that will open their eyes too. I don't know what you just said. <laughs> I'm saying if people don't want to run those events anymore, like you, then that should also tell them something. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it takes a while to filter down because the only people that are suffering now, and and again, yes, partly it's suffering because they're going to miss out on the Tennis Revolution podcast being involved. <laughs> that hurts probably the most. Yes. But second to that is the USCA is the one suffering for it because, you know, they're however many levels removed from the actual event. Right, because it's not. I'm not hosting. I wasn't going to be hosting a WTA event. I was hosting a, or would have been hosting a um, USTA Pro Circuits event, which had WTA points connected. Right, um, and so the the USTA, the woman that's in charge or whatever her title is, uh, uh, the USTA Pro Circuit on the women's side, which they separate them by the way. Don't get me started. <laughs> um. She was none too pleased with me. Yeah. And I understand why she wasn't, but at the same time, that was a completely unforeseen situation that dramatically affects my ability to properly run, administer, promote, and fund that event tremendously. Well, and we could run a whole show on this, but how typical of that is the that of the USTA to change the whole terms of the arrangement and then be upset that you're not happy with them? Well, I mean, to be fair, that wasn't the USTA. You well, know, that's true. You, that was just who you had to talk to. Well, they they're the ones in charge of the you know the 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 WTA and ATP. Yeah, I it guess, wasn't their idea. Give them latitude to sort of run 
things how they want and the pro circuits, and then somebody took out. I'm sure they're. I can't. I don't know. Maybe they are. Again, corruption. Who knows? I have no clue. But I would assume they're not happy about it either. Well, I was going to say, anytime you t- change the terms of anything, you can't be surprised when somebody backs out. I mean, that's just normal business operation. It is think. common sense, but I'm sure she's she's mad. <laughs> she was mad. Well, because they're mad because they have to fill that slot somewhere else or try to. Or not, because it didn't exist before I picked right. it up. So, But in order to grow the game, they have a mandate. to. There is a mandate at the USDA uh, to have more opportunities to play professional tennis for american players well not if people like me don't host anything they won't and if they keep jerking around with you know the system then how is anybody going to be able to host anything ever well and for all we know she could have been upset because that was the fifth time she's had the conversation that week i actually tried to spit that question out of my face (laughs) but she she was done with you well she started to try to sell me on why i should keep it anyway yeah and i was like oh yeah okay (laughs) Which her, you know, I mean, that's her job, and I, like I said, I'm completely understanding on how she felt about me at that moment, and I get it. Um, but uh, hopefully, she understands also where I was at that moment. I, ca- I can't, I can't raise twenty five thousand dollars for an adult tournament. If I could do that, I'd be running adult tournaments, <laughs> you know, all day, every day, and make a fortune. Yeah, because that's almost the same as you know when there's that big challenger around town here. And the week or two leading up to it, they play a qualifying tournament for that tournament. Yeah. Well, they charge zero ticket, you know, entry fees, zero. There's like zero. Pro, I mean, basically, they can't get any. They're at a big club and they can't get anyone to pay to come see that. That's essentially what they would be asking you to promote. It's right. essentially a qualifying event to later become a pro. Right. And and people aren't coming to see that. So anyway, so good on Tennis Europe. I hope uh, I hope that sentiment spreads. And to be honest with you, my guess is, I mean, those people know how to operate politically and stuff. So whoever's in charge of Tennis Europe, I, first of all, get it in gear. You're Europe. You're supposed to be all equality. <laughs> I'm sure besides the letter, they're doing other things. You, well, they better send out one for the WTA as well. But they, I'm sure they have been in contact with other federations and uh, hopefully the USTA is one of them. Because I'll be honest with you, if the USTA steps into the mix, I would imagine that would hold a lot of weight. Right. Um, I mean, there are two Grand Slam tournaments in Europe and one in the U.S. So between the European, you know, Tennis Europe and us, you would think that would make a difference. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that's where all the authority should be. Maybe. Who knows? Well... We got by an episode without talking about any actual tennis. <laughs> but I thought some pretty interesting stuff. Which is probably good because people probably didn't watch actual tennis this week. Well, I'm hoping uh, we don't get a lot of hate email or whatever for our uh, topic. Well, and it's, it's you know, uh, to me, after Indian Wells in Miami, it's a good time to have a little off week. And, I'm, and most of the players, most of the big players obviously felt the same way. <laughs> yeah. So... I, you know, as much as I love tennis, I can't watch it all day, every day, 50 weeks straight. There's got to be some breaks in there where you ramp up and ease down. Yeah, but this is Jack Sock's big moment. (laughs) He's obviously out injured because he didn't play doubles in the last two tournaments, but. I think he's quit tennis. We may never see him in a singles match again on TV. None too soon. None. (laughs) Yeah, pretty, pretty amazing for the guy that was eight in the world two years ago. Right. Yeah, well, I don't think it was even two. I think it was like last, 16 months. Yeah. All right. 
Anything that was a little loud, sorry. <laughs> Anything else? That's it. Good week, good pod, controversy. I we have to get in, in, somebody in here that hates us. And that we'll, shouldn't be hard to find. <laughs> true, that's true. But I mean, that would disagree with us also, which right. also shouldn't be hard, but, right? Because we are just simpatico, my friend. We are. All right. I did potentially turn you with my NCAA and volleyball. Your bikini analogy. question. You always get me on. <laughs> Let's the stick with March Madness. My March Madness yes. comparison. Yes. <laughs> we'll All add, right. We'll edit that part out with the volleyball. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, yeah, that's it. So again, uh, download us on your on your uh, Apple Podcast app on your iPhone. Um, why would you, why would I tell you that you're listening? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why I tell right. you that. What I should tell you is get the dumb tweet I send and re effing tweet it, <laughs> or print it out and give it, hand it to somebody with a piece of paper. <laughs> I don't care what you do. Spread the word. We are growing. Every, we grow weekly whatever monthly how i don't know but it's just ever so slowly and there's only one reason you're terrible at this <laughs> no because we do no promotions whatsoever right. we rely on our fans and listeners to and there's two separate people anybody that listens is not a fan right and any fan clearly they don't listen <laughs> that's why they're fans exactly fans and li- i thought i made that explicitly clear <laughs> in my joke so our fans and listeners it's up to you to spread the word if you're listening, then spread it to your enemy. If you're a fan, spread it to your friends as a prank, if nothing else. And let's keep this thing growing and get it going. Uh, I, listen, there's a bunch of podcasts out there, but I don't think anybody does what we do. They don't have our passion for eh, the maybe. controversial events. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> That's something else we might ought to talk about is that somebody made a comment about commentators that have never played tennis and they hate them because they don't play. And I'm like, all right, that's a little much. Yeah, I'm over that comparison too. Yep. So good. We won't talk about it. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So Instagram, definitely listen or follow us on Instagram for no reason. <laughs> uh, again, we talked about it last week a bunch and we haven't grown past 115. Get it done. Do it. Um, and it, oh, yeah. I got to tell you what the Instagram is. Don't know how that would help. <laughs> so the Instagram is at Tennis Revolution Pod. Twitter, however, should I confuse them? Twitter, yes. however, is Tennis Rev Pod. See that? See how I did that? So follow both. Spread the word using both. We're also on YouTube. I don't know how any of that works. <laughs> I, it's a miracle I can get the episodes on YouTube. It took me a long time to figure it out, but I did it. As you said last week, just Google Tennis Revolution Podcast. You'll find something. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do that. Google works. They're magic. So do that and find it and spread the word and let's keep growing. One other thing I have to do is I have to give out two of those bags <laughs> because the people that retweeted it, one, it's like some bot situation. I don't know what it is, but they're not real. Because yeah, I try to contact up, them, they, don't get they never contact me back. So I think I'm going to go back and look at the list and pick two other people. It's like bots that auto-reply to every contest on Twitter. Well, we've got 20 bags. Maybe I should just give one to everybody that listens. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll have some left over, right. which is good. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, it was perfect. All right. Well, again, once again, uh, thanks for checking in with us. And until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Pod Karma. Let's get it, Prince. <laughs>